uh, welcome back to another episode of Gap Downbacker uh, podcast. Um, today, I mean, despite some several technical issues between me and Coach here, uh, I think we're finally good to go. We'll see, we'll see how this we'll figure it out. Um, uh, our, our guest today is Coach uh, Zeke Dixon. Uh, he is the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Carthage High School in East Texas. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I, I'm doing good. Um, just kind of, I mean, we'll kind of get into your little back. I mean, you are, we have a mutual friend in John Arnett. Um, but how did you end up at Carthage? Well, uh, another guy that played with, with Arnett and I at SFA, his name is Chris Smith. And he was the offensive coordinator in Carthage. And I was working in Louisiana and he had been trying to get me over here. You know, we we're all really good friends. And, uh, and you know, he kept working on me and then, I finally got over there and he left and he went and coached at Texas A&M. So, but he, him and coach Surratt, you know, coach Surratt coached him in high school. So they were, you know, really close and, and he brought him in. So he had been trying to get me over there and then, you know, it just all kind of worked out. Unfortunately, we got to work together for a year, but unfortunately for the majority of the time I've been here, he's been gone, but he's really who got me the job over here. And then, you know, I've been able to, I've been able to hang on, I guess you could say, and, and keep a really good job. Good, good. Now, before we get started with some of the other stuff, um, you, you obviously you played with John, correct? Yeah. Um, what was it like playing with John? And or do you or do you have any good John Arnett stories? Because obviously John's a friend of the channel. And yeah, uh, anything good that you could actually put on a podcast? That's a well, I mean, you know, I I can tell you this: Arnett is is. Every about 98% of the time when he walks in the room, he's by far the smartest man in the room. Um, I don't know if he realizes that, but whenever we were in college, one thing, I mean, I, no matter if everybody couldn't walk because they were so tired, anything like that, John was the guy that got everybody juiced up, no matter what. It didn't matter, you know, game day, practice day, he was running around hollering. Um, you know, one thing he would do is probably something you could say on a podcast, I guess. He, uh, you know, he made a lot of money in college writing people's papers. You know, that was something that he did as smart as he was, you know, in the middle of practice and doing his own stuff and things like that. He would, you know, he'd have people and it wasn't just guys that he played with. You know, that was the thing about it. Everybody knew how smart the guy was. So it would be people from, you know, just random people on campus. They would come and find him to write papers for him and stuff like that. So he made a good a good bit of money, I would imagine, throughout his college career, writing people's papers for him. But, you so know, what I'm is, stuff goes, he was just, you know, he was the energy guy at all times. So. so what I'm hearing is John is responsible for multiple people graduating college. That's what <laughs> there, There's no doubt about that. that that's funny. Now, like, like, I mean, obviously, you're, you're the quarterback's coach and um, passing coordinator. I mean, where do you – I mean, obviously, Texas is a little different than most states in terms of right. football. I, I mean, like, I, I mean, I lived there growing up. I mean, I think it's your hashes are different than the rest of high schools. You're more college oriented. Yeah, you're a little more year round than most states. Mm -hmm. uh, at least what you're able to do. Uh, but where, when, when you start with your quarterbacks, where do you start, like in terms of development and focus? Well, we start, I mean, anything physical, I always start, it's straight fundamentals. You know, we're going to start with our feet first because everything we do, it starts from the ground up. So we we do a lot of footwork stuff. And then, you know, honestly, it's just picking out those guys because the main thing that we look for in a quarterback, and, and it's something, 
you know, you got to have intangibles. You got to have all that stuff. But if you can't throw it, you can't play quarterback. So that's kind of the main thing that we look for is somebody who can spin it. And then, you know, then it's on us as far as coaches to get the rest of it out of them. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't teach a kid arm talent, but you can teach a kid how to throw, how to use that arm talent. You can teach a kid footwork. You can teach him how to read a defense. So that's the first thing we start. Once we get a guy that, you know, we, we've established this guy's got arm talent, he can do it. And we try to have multiples, obviously, in every grade because some of them don't work out. But, you know, if you got a guy with arm talent, then we start the rest of the stuff. And as far as the mental side goes, honestly, what we do offensively, it's fairly complicated as far as a lot of what high schools do. Like we have, I think we looked at the other day, I think we have 26 different protections that night. You know, and then we've got all of our passing game stuff. Now, our protections, we may only be using three that week, but we need to have them. Our quarterbacks have to know all of them. So yeah. we have them in their, the back of their mind. That way, going into a week, if you've got, you know, just for instance, we play Pleasant Grove down here, and they had a five-star defensive end that's at LSU right now. We had to run a special protection to make sure that guy always had two bodies on. But at the same time, they had a guy going to A&M on the other side, so we couldn't leave him by himself. You know, so you run into stuff like that, but we have a bunch of different protections that the quarterbacks have to know. Because at the end of the day, everything runs through them. They're going to be the guy making the calls. They're telling the linemen where to go, telling running back. So we go, after we get that physical stuff, we identify them, then we start the mental things. Like, you know, as far as when I start after the season's over with, like we won a state championship this year. We got, you know, obviously Christmas break, we were off, we got back. We probably go for about three weeks where the quarterbacks work out with everybody, everybody's together. And then I start meeting, you know, I put during athletic period, they're in there with me instead of being in the weight room. And, you know, we have times we can't be in there, but we have the way you get in our field houses with a code. I have workouts written up for them on the board for seven o'clock in the morning. If they want to, they're there. Most of our kids were blessed with kids that wanted to come in there and work hard. So they come up there on their own and they get a workout in, you know, so that's whenever they get their weight training in because we're meeting the entire time, you know, during the period, they're not with their guys until we start throwing and stuff. They're in there with me and we're on a board or we're watching film. So we do, you know, like I said, and to get back to your original question, we start off identifying who can spin it. And then we go, I start at their feet and work my way up. Now, what what are those typical like? Because you said obviously you're spending that whole time during the athletic period meeting with them. What does that typical meeting look like, and how's that kind of structured? Well, I start off because the way that we call all of our stuff, you've got to know formation. So we start off with formations, and I do just basic formation checks. And then once we get done with that, then I start going over pass protections. So we may spend the first two days with every single formation, every motion, everything like that that we have. And we go over it and they're taking notes. They're writing everything down that I say, even, you know, like we had a, our senior, the kid that we had last, this past year signed with Tulane, but he was a two year starter. So his, going into his senior year, I did the same thing with him. Like, so they're gonna get a refresher. We're gonna spend the first two days where all we're doing formations, motions, getting all that stuff ironed out. And then we go to protections. And then obviously protections takes a little bit longer because you got to get, you know, if you're seeing a four, three, the way that protection works, if it's a three, four, if it's a three, three stack. So we're going through all that stuff with protections and then we get into concepts. 
So the first probably three weeks, two, three weeks, we're on nothing but the board. Me drawing, me writing, them taking notes. And then we start film. And once we get into our film stuff, now they're teaching me. I pull up the film, all our quarterbacks, we get them these little, you know, they're $3 laser pointers you can go buy. They've all got one in their hand. And whenever the play comes up, I make them point out who the mic is, who we're dropping, who we're hot off of. Letting me know, you know, what coverage they see, which side we should be working based on that. So, so eventually, after a couple of weeks, they're they're the ones they take over the meeting. You know, I'm getting them going. We get it started. I'm in there with them, obviously, but correcting them when they're wrong. But I need them to be able to communicate with me because whenever we get out on the field, obviously, I'm not out there. So they've got to communicate all that stuff with ten other guys, and all ten of those guys have to look at that guy and believe in whatever he's saying. You know, so we do a lot of that. And then we take some days in there where we do leadership training. Um, you know, just stuff that that through the years that I've um, figured out things that help as far as, you know, developing leadership in a kid. And, you know, stuff obviously with Coach Surratt. I don't know if you know Coach Surratt or not, but Coach Surratt has been, you know, he's been a lot of places. He's won a lot everywhere he's been. So he's got a lot of leadership stuff that he does that, you know, that he's, given to me and um so you know we get all that stuff kind of gets thrown in the mix and it goes like i said until so we start you know the end of the not the end of december i'm sorry the end of january we start meeting and then by april we're outside twice a week during the period throwing because we can't go we can't put pads on or anything like that in spring being a 4a school in texas 5a and 6a actually get spring practice but we don't so we do stuff during the period. We go outside and we throw. Now, we get after it. You know, we'll do seven on seven and stuff like that during the period, athletic period. But we can't do anything after school or anything like that. So, whenever we get out there, now our meeting days are cut a little short. And then in May, we go outside every day. So, we haven't actually met this entire month. But, you know, whenever summer starts, we can't meet still. We can't really sit down and watch film with them. But hopefully it's ingrained in them enough and they're when they're watching film on their own they can actually you know it's kind of like i'm in the room with them whether i am or not so that's why we kind of i kind of train them and get them to where they understand everything that i'm looking at i want them to look at the same thing okay now and i I, i've always been curious about this because there's several ways to do it and some people teach both and, and not when you're when you're doing your quick game out of your gun stuff are you more everybody's terminology, the Brady step, the rocker step, how do you kind of focus your, like, and I, I see you smile already. So like everybody's a little different in, in the verbiage is everybody's got different verbiage as I've learned this off season. Right. Well, we, we, I've been trying to get the, uh, I guess it's the Brady step with his right foot back on a right-handed quarterback. I've been, I've been trying to do that, but our quarterbacks have been for so long been the other way. So they're just kind of used to rockering or, popping hip so I've been working on a lot this spring and I worked on it a lot well I planned on working on a lot last spring and everything got shut down obviously yeah. but, so I feel like if I'd have had both of these these two years to get it done I feel like I could have got that done but right now I'm kind of you know we're working it but at the same time I'm letting quarterbacks kind of do their comfort level right now like our next our incoming class our freshman right now and then our eighth grade kids that we'll have next year, I'm going to really harp on that because I feel like just looking at it, you know, you watch that and then you watch like Joe Burrow at LSU and things like that. With those guys, when they got that right foot back for a right-handed quarterback, I feel like everything's a lot smoother that way. 
I feel like it's a lot less herky-jerky and a lot less having to, you know, jump to stuff like that because we do a lot of, you know, that's one thing we have, though. Most of our quarterbacks are baseball guys. So, you know, it's kind of like telling them you got to flip your hips like you're turning a double play. That's kind of, you know, you put in terminology they can understand. But with – I'm trying to get the the Brady step stuff done. You know, it's – I have not accomplished it yet, but I'm I'm working (laughs) on it. (laughs) I I get it, Coach. I I get it 100%. Like – I, I know some guys that are like, you do this one. And I, I know another coach, he's like, well, what are they good at? What are they comfortable with? Right. I'll teach both. And then that this kid's going to focus on this one. This kid will focus on this one. So everybody's got yeah. a little different philosophy with it and how they, I don't know, develop it. Um, yeah. What are your, and, and before we move on to some concept stuff, um, what are your like daily drills look like? Cause I know everybody's a little different on that. And, mm-hmm. Um, like I, I remember, who was it? Brent Deerman posted the other week about his hatred for stepovers. Uh, <laughs> and I talked to him the other day about that. But like, um, what, what, where do you lie in and kind of what are your base drills every day and, and how do you modify as the week goes on? Well, we're, we're always, every day we're going to start off whenever we throw. During the summer and things like that, whenever it's more endo time, you know, we start off on our knees. We do all that, all the knee work, and then we get up and we do, I call it touchdown drill. Let me see if you can see where the quarterback, we're just lined up like this, like a goalpost, and then just stepping and throwing. And we, you know, feet and concrete and all that kind of stuff. But as we move forward, I get away from that kind of stuff, and I try to do more dynamic things. You know, we're warming up. So it's a lot more, you know, angle throws where guys 10 yards away, about five yards deep, and it's three-step drop to our left, five-step with no hits to our left, big five and a hits to our left, and then we switch sides and do it the other way. And then, you know, that's that's something. We're going to do that every single day because especially with quarterbacks, if the second they get lazy and everybody, everybody knows it, so it's not like it's anything groundbreaking, but – going to our left for a right-handed quarterback, they'll all of a sudden, they'll start getting lazy, not get their hips open and everything's swinging. And then shockingly, it's not very accurate most of the time. So we do angle throws every single day. I'm gonna, I drill that and I beat it into their head because I, we we do a lot of stuff. You know, we're under center just as much as we're in the gun. <clears throat> and outs and comebacks and things like that are big in our offense. So we're going to have to be able to get open and throw the ball to our left. We're also going to have to know how to get closed off and throw it to the right. So we do angle throws every day, no matter what. Now, as the week goes on, like on Tuesdays, we do a lot of ladder drills. I've got, I don't know, I've I've probably too much, honestly, but because again, their feet, I feel like that's where everything starts at is the ground up. So we're going to do ladder drills on Tuesdays and then we do pocket presence every day. Um, you know, just me moving them back and forth and escaping out of the pocket and things like that. And then on Wednesdays is usually the day that I'll take stuff that we have, say, quarterbacks are struggling running the Navy. You know, they're struggling getting their shoulders turned and getting downhill. We're going to work that. Or if that week our screen game is going to play a big factor into it. We do a lot of, you know, just screen drill, screen drop, screen, you know, getting over me with a bag in my hand and stuff like that. You talk about hatred for stepovers. The only thing I use stepovers for is going in and out. You know, we don't do anything of, you know, we don't actually step over the stepovers ever. We've got ladders that we use. 
because I don't want a quarterback ever to get in the habit of picking his leg way up because, you know, we always talk about, obviously, right in the quarterback, their right leg's got to be the first thing to move. That way, when it's in the ground, if you've got to throw right now, you can step and throw. So I feel like if you get a guy trained and his foot's going way up in the air, that's longer for his foot to make contact and go to step and throw the ball. So we honestly, I don't, like I said, unless we're going in and out of them, we don't use them. You're, you're not the only one I've heard say that this offseason. So there, there you go, Coach. <laughs> uh, coach is going to talk a little bit about um, a couple passing concepts they do at Cards Are Quick, and we'll kind of go through some of those, and then and then we'll wrap up the podcast. So, Coach, the, the floor for this is, is yours, Coach. This is just a couple of our, you know, highlights of, of what we've been able to do, well, what Coach Surratt's been able to do. You know, the rest of it is just kind of along for the ride. Um you can see we've won eight state championships since he's been here. He got here in 2007. I've been blessed enough to be a part of four of them. All right, so this is our, our spacing play. You know, it's a multiple personnel, formations, motions, everything. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up somehow in a three-by-one. I'm sure a lot of people do stuff like that. We just We have different ways that we do it just to kind of mix it up on people. You know, our best slant guy is going to be our single receiver, however we need to do formationally to get him over there. Uh, proper splits and depths are a must. You know, there's got to be spacing. There's, We want all of our on the side. We'll get to that. But the side away from the slant, we want them all at least eight yards apart where they end up. They may not start off there, but by angles and things like that, we want them to end up there. It's obviously a completion play. It's quick game. Uh, there's multiple answers against multiple defenses. There's very few times that a defense can line up and just completely shut this play down. I mean, based on you could now if somebody, if everybody they have is just better than you, obviously they can stop it. But based on where people line up and all, there's always going to be somebody that's going to be open. This is kind of what it looks like. So obviously this guy over here, this X is going to be our single guy running the slant. We motion across in this situation right here. Tight ends over the ball, about six yards. And then we've got stops over here, just angle stops, you know, just trying to get the angles, trying to get the spacing that we need on this play. All right, for the quarterback, obviously it's a three-step. If you're in the gun, there is no step. You're going to pop hips. If the alley's open, keep it open. What we mean by that is on the slant side, if there's an outside linebacker, not out there. So they're tucked in the box because we've got trips on the other side. There's no help back there. We've got to keep him there. So the way we do that is we look down the A-gap. We want to keep that linebacker tucked. And while we're in the A-gap, we can see if he widens or if he stays. If he blitzes, it's great. We're going to replace the blitz with the ball. If we keep him inside, now we've got that slant on that backside. And if he widens, then we're going to come across tight end to our Z, to our R. And then if it's closed, keep it closed. So that'll be the same thing. If there's already a guy out there, we don't want him to call a sudden come in get us because we're not paying attention to come and cover up the tight end. So now we'll look down the A-gap to that side. We want to keep him there. That way we see him. And now we're going one, two, three, inside out. All right, so this is a play. Now, we've got, I've got some from the last few years. You know, I didn't obviously want to put every one of them on there because you probably don't have time for a seven-hour <laughs> podcast. So, I, uh, you know, I cut it down. I got some from, you know, this is uh, – this is from this past year, um, you know, playoff game. You see our quarterback. So right now, whenever we're looking at it, so 
are down, we're at fourth and two right now. So again, there that's another thing that goes into it with your quarterback. You don't want him to be, I call him, I just tell him don't be a robot is yeah. what I tell him. So we walk up, obviously you look over here, this alley right there is wide open. So the quarterback should have been thinking, alley's open, I keep it open with this guy and I'm fixing to bang the slant for a possible big play. But at the same time, they've got to know down in distance, it's fourth and two. So our easiest completion right now is to throw it to a guy that's going to be stationary on a stop. Now we've got an easy thing, get the first down. So there was there was a brief moment where I kind of lost it on the quarterback for not throwing this slant. And then he knew the down and distance and I somehow didn't. So, you know, it was actually a good job by him. And you see right there, we kind of, he does a good job just kind of dropping us, drop stepping right there and just getting it out. Um, that's again, we were talking earlier about the Brady step. This is a kid that I, I really, he said, he's such a talented kid that I think he would have been really, he could have picked it up if I'd have had time to really work it with him. But, um, so, but he does a really good job with that. So his eyes probably are not going to do what they're supposed to do right there. He's just straight to it, knowing he's going to throw that stop. Now, as far as, like, you know, like I said earlier, we've got all these protections that we do, and the quarterback's the one that's talking to them and telling them there are certain protections he doesn't have to say anything. You know, they're just going to go and do it. And this this time when we run quick game, we're not worried about it too much. We point the linemen out where they're going because we're not in, we're not hot. You can see a running back right there is not real sure what to do because quarterbacks are trying to get the ball off and get it to our guy before they change their coverage. All right, that's going to be the same thing. Now we just tie a rail to it with our with our tailback. So we do this, we just call it bounce. So we just bounce him to the other side. Now all the quarterbacks looking at it. Now here's, a, here's an example of a bad decision by a quarterback. All right, so right now you look out there, we've got, we're going to have a slant and a rail. They've already got four guys out there with us. So this is a bad, bad decision by the quarterback. We should have been over here where we had them outnumbered with a tight end and these two receivers. But this guy right here had so much trust in this guy, he knew if he could get him one-on-one -on -one with that linebacker that moved with him, and they were going to watch this guy. So one of our receivers is getting recruited by some people. You know, he's got a Baylor offer out there. He's got a few other offers. So people are going to try to match him. So he knew he was going to get one-on-one. -on -one. Again, sometimes these quarterbacks, you know, you just got to trust in them, and this is a guy that you could trust in. Um, Again, not real happy with him, and we fixed it on film. Obviously, you know how it is during a game. You're like, no, what are you doing? And then like, oh, yeah, great job. And then on Monday, you get down there and smoke them. But, so that's kind of what happened on this play. Um, not a very good job by him, but, you know, we'll take them sometimes where we can get them. But that's just – all that is is just the same play, just adding a little something extra to it, you know, because there's always different things you can do. Um with the same thing. Again, it's something defenses have to be, they've got to adjust themselves to that we always feel like we've got something we can, there's always going to be somebody somewhere that's going to be open. There's no way to match everybody. Again, unless they're just better than you are. So right here, we line up, we're in trip, we're in empty. So now we're just going to motion this guy across. So now we're going to have the same thing going on only in order to get everybody to the same place and still have spacing. We're going to tag this guy up here. He's going to run a go. So now his his stop's going to be an angle. This guy's going to come across. He's going to run an angle stop. And then we still got our slant down here on the bottom. Yeah. So right now when he's coming across, so right now the quarterback's mind, ought to, obviously you can see it. This alley is wide open. 
we got to keep him from running underneath it. But this is where the ball should be going. So as he looks, he gets the ball. You'll better see it better now. He ran his route. He ran a little. We tell him to run fat slants. He ran a little too flat, too fat right there. So when I say fat, I'm sure everybody knows they may use different terminology. When we're, we're on a slant, we don't obviously don't want them to come straight down. We want them at an angle, but we want the quarterback to basically have their entire chest. That's what we yeah. tell them. If you're fat, quarterback can see all both of your numbers or your entire number. And if you're skinny, your shoulders are like, or, you know, they're facing him. He can't see a number on you. So we tell him to be fat. That way it's easy for the quarterback. And he took it a little too literal right here. But I think, I think that type of slant has become more prevalent more than the old 45. Yeah. The more like, I don't want to say it's a 90 degree cut, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's becoming yeah. more prevalent, at least at the high school level. Yeah, absolutely. And we, and like I said, we teach our guys, because like you said, the 45, we don't want our guy coming up and then running up here and, you know, getting all deep. But we also, like he, like you're talking about the 90, what he just did, we don't want that. We yeah. just kind of want it somewhere in between as long as the quarterback has his chest. So we want to be, whenever we're completing this ball, honestly, we want to be between eight and nine yards whenever he catches it at, at most, yeah. which you get sometimes if some guys keep it really skinny and, we, we don't like that. And I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat on that regard. All right. But you can see right here with the quarterback, if you want, let's see if his eyes do what they're supposed to do. Hopefully they do. You can see right now. So he's looking down this A gap right here. That's just all. And the only reason he's doing that is to make sure this linebacker right there does not run underneath that slant. So that's a good job by him just kind of keeping him out of it and then coming in and banging that slant. Again, if he's not so flat like he was right there, I don't, I don't think he would have ran into quite the shot that he did. All right, this is just another way that we do it. Again, it's going to be the exact same play. This is actually in the state championship game last year. We're going to bring that guy out there. We're going to – we call that a bullet motion. So he's just fast motion out there with that running back. So now what changes is now this – Receiver's going to have to go. He's going to take the place of being the guy that's in that stop area out there. Mm -hmm. So he becomes the outside flat guy. And then when he moves, oh, never mind. I'm sorry. We didn't snap it. We went out there and we did the old freeze. Now we just switched it. So now the tailback's going to go out wide. He's going to be the guy running the go. For a quarterback right now, what this team did, and they did a lot. They were they had a lot. Of, they had some guys that were spot droppers, so they would just be running out here. So we kind of knew with this guy already lined up outside the tackle, he's in the alley. So we're going to take that part up top, and just looking at you know what kind of adjustments they do with that extra body getting out there. So basically, we're in quads right now. Yeah. So what they do to adjust? So we just take that most reliable guy, and again, we talk about the spacing of it. We talk where everybody's supposed to be. This is bad right here. Obviously, you can see it. Quarterback can't throw it to him, this guy, if he wanted to, because this guy, they're stacked on top of each other. Yeah. So, again, you know, it's state championship game, probably not going to get that fixed anytime soon. But <laughs> this is something we can show, you know, this year's guys, because both of these guys were seniors right here. So, this is something whenever our receiver coaches watch film with our receivers, they're showing them this. This is something that can't happen, because right now you've given the quarterback one option. So, if that guy's on you, and he's down tight where the quarterback can't get you the ball. Now the quarterback's in scramble mode. 
And we all of our quarterbacks, you know, that's something our quarterbacks are athletic. They can all run, but we don't ask them to run. You know, that's not a big part of our offense, zone reads and stuff like that. Now, we do RPOs, but zone read stuff, we do them sometimes, but that's not a big part of our offense. We want our quarterbacks to win from the pocket. So we don't want them to have to run around because you're not doing your job. We won't have to run around because they did something really good on defense, and now we've got to get out and make a play. So for us, that's why whenever we talk about our spacing, our alignment, all that stuff is so important. We have to make sure that this kind of stuff doesn't happen for our quarterback. So we lucked into it right there that he didn't have to get out. He could just get it out of his hands and fire it to him because he's open. So it's a it's something that you really have to work on this concept to make sure the spacing is correct. Because if you don't, you get situations like that where everybody's stacked on top of each other and you're giving the quarterback basically one option. And and as you look at it up here, I can say I can tell you, you can see it up top. This corner comes off our running back and just leaves it. So that's something right there. Our guy that's up in the booth, he'll notice that. And he'll tell us, hey, next time we get out there, if we get to quads or we motion up, we go empty and got that tailback out there, tell him to peek it to go with the tailback. So, you know, we're always communicating. The quarterback comes aside, and I'll mention it to him next time we run something like that or we talk about it. Um, all right, here's just something different. Um, now, this is – Different quarterback. This is a couple years ago. Uh, same thing right here. Now, instead of just having, because sometimes we have where the tailback's going to be in protection. Sometimes we release him right here. We just tag the T flat to it. Just basically giving you slant flat on his backside. Um, as you can tell, obviously pre-snap right now, they got three bodies out there. and We're only going to have two people. So we ought to be working this side. Now, I tell the quarterbacks, that it's one, two, three, inside out, tight end to our inside receiver to our outside guy. If we walk up and say this cornerback's playing way back here and they're just playing a straight cover three, I'll tell him this is just like if you're trying to throw it to that guy on quick game. You get it to him as fast as humanly possible. Get it out of your hands and let him work. Yeah. So, you know, there's always that other option to it that we can do. So right here, the quarterback. Now, he's trying to keep it close. He may have hung a little bit too long with his feet. But this guy, this quarterback right here actually plays at Sam Houston, who's, a, uh, you know, playing for the national championship. Uh, I think it's this weekend or next weekend. But he plays there for them, this quarterback. And that guy catching it's actually at University of Texas right now. So, you know, we've been very successful. We've obviously had some really good players. But yeah, um, as you can see right here, the quarterback – as he comes up, so this alley right here, as we're looking at it, that's close. So right now, his eyes ought to keep that thing closed right now. And he does right there. You see just that brief second of looking down this backside A gap, he gets that linebacker to move, he gets that guy to stay, and he even gets another one to move. But this, uh, he probably didn't get this guy to move. He's looking at the tailback. But he got this guy working right there with his eyes. So all it's doing is opening up more and more things for him. And then he immediately went to that guy because if you look at it based on the coverage that we've got, corner down, safety back, this guy, when the tight end releases right there, he's either going to – most of the time they're going to at least bang him. They're not just going to give him a free release and run. But sometimes they will. Most of the time they're going to bang him. They're going to hang when they get that body running at him. 
That guy right there, that guy on defense right there is actually going to Oklahoma State too. But um, So that's all the quarterbacks. A good job by him looking, staying in that backside A-gap, keeping the alley closed, and then working across. Tight end wasn't ready for it, so he comes on out to the next guy based on coverage. Got away with a little hold right there. All right, uh-oh. Now, this is something a little bit different. Now, we've got a fullback in the game. So, we've got our fullback right here. So, the only thing that changes now, instead of having this receiver out here running a stop, this fullback replaces him and he gets to the flat. So, we've got that same area as far as spacing goes. So, we're going to have a guy in this flat, a guy somewhere around the hash, and then tight end is going to be over the ball with our slant on the backside. So, all it is, you know, you look at it, and it's, it's the exact same play. It's just ran, you know, with a tag here, there, or with, you know, a different personnel, different formation, and it's all going to the same play. So it's just window dressing basically everything that you're trying to do to still get everybody to the same place. Um, you can see right there, we look at this, you know, he thinks this guy's going to blitz. So if he is, we want to replace the blitzer throwing this slant. But now we've got to still look down this side on the A-gap to keep these guys right here, these linebackers and everybody from underneath that, underneath that slant. Good, accurate ball. We want a body shot. It's a little high. I try to teach them. We always want to be below the chin with our football. We don't want receivers jumping because everybody, know, I mean, a receiver, you can be the toughest receiver on the planet, but you go across the middle, leave your feet, get your head rocked once or twice. You're probably not going back in there real excited. So, we try to, that's, that's something that we harp on whenever we're doing accuracy drills or anything like that is we want the ball below his chin no matter what. So when I'm throwing them, you know, we've got those three-man nets or whatever, we're always throwing to the middle or the low. We never throw the ball at the high because I don't want them to ever think it's okay to throw a ball above a receiver's chin. Right here, you can see his eyes looking down this A-gap right there, keeping that linebacker just freezing him. Now he gets to the top of his drop and he fires. Yeah. One, two, three, ball. You know, whenever we're under center, everything that we do, it's going to be three steps and throw it. We can't, whenever we're doing a quick game, we don't want to ever have our quarterback sitting there at three steps and holding. Because another thing you're doing with linemen, you can work them all day and you can talk to them. No clock. You can't have a clock. This You can't have a clock. You play till you hear the whistle. Linemen hear the word quick come out of a quarterback's mouth or they know whenever we call a protection because – Again, we do different tempo, so we have no huddle stuff where they're on the ball. It's not always a huddle. But we still tell them what the for, what the protection is, obviously, which side they're working, all that stuff. They hear the word, they're going to, in their mind, think the ball should be gone. So our quarterbacks are taught you better get out of your hands because sometimes we can get them where they'll play all the way through. Sometimes they're going to sit there and, you know, ball should be gone. They start looking downfield to see if we got a big play or not. So, yeah. It's always something with quarterbacks. Everything we do is a rhythm throw. You know, there's a few things that we get to play action where it's a little bit different. But most of our stuff is going to be one, two, three, ball. Five-step ball, five-step in the hitch ball. If we're in the gun, three-step in the hitch, three-step, two hitches. You know, so everything that we do, we kind of got the quarterbacks have a clock in their head. Once I get past this second hitch on this play, I better be doing something else. Whether it's finding the check down, whether it's leaving the pocket. And so this is just another one, you know, different school, different, a little bit different situation right here. You know, obviously the alley's open. They've got a linebacker 
you know, this is a kid. He was a really athletic kid, went and played. I can't remember where he's at right now, another college football player. But, you know, and a press right here. So this is one of those situations where quarterback has to hang a little bit. Now we're in the gun. We got quick, quick, uh, a quick game play. We allow him to hang it a little bit if we've got press and we're throwing a slant. Now, obviously, if he's coming up here to these stops, we're not hanging anything. It's pop your hips, get the ball out as fast as you can. But down here in the slant, pressed up corner, we may have to hang it a little bit. Now, there will be times, depending on the protection, we can move the tailback over here, get a little flash bait to kind of hold the linebackers a little bit longer. But what we what he does right here is he does a good job keeping him out of it, staying this way. So the linebacker's thinking about blitzing, doesn't up blitzing, and lets this, this receiver down here work. Because with press stuff, we tell them to take their best release. That's a really good job by that receiver getting him going outside and then coming back in underneath him. But you can watch right here the quarterback. Well, he does, and he's hanging. He's got those eyes in this – right here down this A-gap on this side to make that linebacker hold. So, even if that linebacker's wanting to go, he's at least got to think about it because where he's looking. Because most of the time, whenever you're sitting there, most of the guys, they're taught, especially safety. You can see him. He's looking at his eyes. So he's not going to go running down there at that slant because of what the quarterback's doing. So that's such a key and such important factor of this play is where that quarterback's eyes are. Because if you're staring over here and this linebacker's looking at you, he's going to start moving that way. This safety right here is going to start moving that way. And now all of a sudden you've got a lot of people in a small area where you're trying to throw the football. And if you're staring that way, obviously you're not going to get back across. You're going to be trying to fire it or you're going to be holding it forever. That's a good job by him. And it's not, you know, some people say, well, he's throwing it blind right there. He's not. You can see where he's looking. He's got his head, his eyes right here. You can see out of your peripheral vision what's going on on his backside. That's a really good rep by him. All right, now just a little bit different right now. They got a guy walked out with him. Obviously, you can see corners out here. So we ought to be thinking initially – and a lot of it depends on film that week. Do these corners settle? If they sit or if they drive on stuff really quick or they play you press man, this outside stop, this hitch right here is not going to be a very good play for them. So you've got to be thinking something else. So right now, initially, pre-snap, again, depending on what we talked about that week in film, he ought to be thinking this outside stop. All right, now if we don't like it, because you can see right now, he kind of keeps that alley right there. Again, I, I remember this one because this is, again, this is a Pleasant Grove team that, you know, they won state a couple of years ago, played for it. You know, we just got put in their division this year. We moved down because of attendance. I mean, enrollment uh, numbers. So we moved down from 4A Division One to 4A Division Two. So we got put in theirs. But they won Division Two the year last year. And then this year, obviously, we played them and, and beat them. But this guy – we knew on film this guy was going to run out. That was what he did. Yep. He was responsible for taking away that slant because we had, you know, we had done it so much to him. So we kind of knew. So he's keeping him out there to make sure he's not blitzing. Because if he blitzes, obviously, we're going to throw this slant right there. We're going to replace the blitzer with the football. So he doesn't. So he keeps him. So now he works over here. So whenever he gets his eyes over here, this should be his first read. So he actually gets to his first read. He's just a little bit late on it. He went outside first, but um, you can see him right here with his eyes. 
free. So you can see his eyes. He's right here just for a split second to make sure that guy's leaving. And then he gets back. What he should have done right now is right when he came back over here, his eyes should have been on that guy. Get on that linebacker and he gets to the tight end a little bit quicker. And then, uh, you know, maybe he's maybe he hits him running and maybe we got a big play right there. Maybe he cuts it upfield right there. I mean, you just never know what's going to happen when the ball gets in a guy's hand. So we just tell him, you know, get the ball to your guys, get it out of your hands as quick as you can because those guys are the ones making the play. You facilitate. That's what we tell. I tell quarterbacks all the time. It's your show. Everybody else stars in it. So you run the whole thing, but those guys are the ones. They're the, they're the ones out front. They're the ones getting the money. So you get them the ball. <clears throat> and we got just different year. Different game. Again, this quarterback right here, he kind of hangs on to it a little bit longer. They changed coverages on him. So he was expecting this guy to stay, this guy to kind of drop. We kind of didn't know. He's checking to see if there's a blitzer over here so he can throw that slant. There's kind of a lot going on right here. And then all of a sudden, that safety comes flying down on number two down here so he can't get it to him. So now he comes all the way back to his tight end. Again, not something that's very ideal, but you don't want to, especially, I mean, he's got the ball in his hands way too long for me. But at the same time, it just shows what our quarterbacks, as far as not panicking, not going out and trying to do something crazy, still getting back into our progression. So he gets all the way, he goes inside, then he goes back outside, now back inside. Now, if that tight end wouldn't have been there, you better be getting the heck out of Dodge because there's somebody, somebody's going to get there at that point. But that's a really good job by him. He keeps his feet underneath him. That's something, you know, for quarterbacks, a lot of times, especially young ones, when they get there and you see how his feet, they're staying shoulder width apart. He's staying a quarterback. He's not dropping the ball down into one hand. His feet aren't going crazy. He's not separating. You know, that's something that's really hard for quarterbacks, especially, like I said, young guys, because they want, they want to get the ball to that read and they want to get it there now. So now they're separated at this point because they didn't get to throw it. So they've already separated, and now their feet are out of whack. And a lot of times it's hard for them to get back to their position where they're ready to go with it. So that's just kind of an example of a quarterback doing exactly what he's supposed to do. Maybe not making the read right, but staying a quarterback throughout the play. And that's something that, you know, that's a big deal for us as far as doing your job and staying in there with it. I'm going to get out of there. I, I can end up, I'll end up talking about, oh, that was the last one. Okay, I, I, I do have a question before you continue. Um, okay. Because I didn't want to interrupt, interrupt you while you were going. So you, you were deep into it. And I love when coaches get really in-depth in their stuff is, how, how do you work the quarterback eyes in practice? Because obviously that's big, that is a very big focal point as you talk through, through that concept. How, yeah. how do you work, how do you teach that to your kids as they progress to your program? Well, we, I, I, first of all, in film, we, we harp on it. I show it to them. I show them what happens whenever you stare one way and the safety gets there. And then whenever, you know, again, on those days we're doing drills and we add like line drop drills. So when I've got them dropping down the line, I'll be walking towards them, throwing numbers at them, and they've got to have their eyes. So if I'm worried about which side they're looking at, I may stick my arm. I don't know if I can still be seen on the screen or not, but I'll stick my arm way out there and make them do it. And then any time that we're doing, like whenever we do routes on air, I stand in front of them. Like I don't get back there and watch them from behind. I'm always out in front 
So while I'm doing that, I'll call a play while we're running. So say we got a slant going. We're working slants or whatever on that route. I tell them space. So I'm making sure their eyes are where they're supposed to be. So it's just basically just repetition of doing the same things over and over again. And, you know, whenever we're doing that kind of stuff, it's it's making them whenever, even when there's not a defense making in their mind, they know, okay, without, and I don't tell them like, all right, we've got space and you got to be looking opposite a gap. I just say space. Yeah. And if they're not right, then I go in there and I fix it. But most of the time, anytime we're doing routes on there, their eyes are never on their receiver. Now, young guys, obviously, they just stare at them. So it, it's constant just harping and harping and harping, and then they eventually they pick it up. And some guys, it takes longer than others, I'll be honest with you. But I had the kid that I had last year, he signed with Tulane, really, really smart kid. It took me about three days whenever he was a freshman, and his eyes are where they were supposed to be. You know, his feet were a different story, but his brain worked a lot faster. <laughs> he always was kind of in the right place. But um, he, but that's kind of all it is, Coach, honestly. It's just we just – I rep it so much and it's pumped in their head that they're not – they're going to do what they're supposed to do. When they hear a play, it's just second nature to them. Okay. And anytime you got a question, feel free to jump in because I'll – because if not, I'll do that. I'll just start going and I'll forget. I feel like I'm talking to myself sometimes. So. Good, Coach. <laughs> All right, I'll go. This is this is whenever it comes to our five-step game, this is our most called, most used play. And I'm sure everybody on the planet they run, they run all go or four verticals, however you want to call it. We do things that we got a couple of things that we do that's that's a little bit different that I never did before I got to Carthage. And I feel like it's a really good thing, um, the way that we do it. So just starting with the rules for the receivers outside, line up on the numbers. Ball's on your hash. Obviously, you go to the bottom of them. Inside receiver, ball in the middle, two yards outside the hash. If it's on your side, four yards outside the hash. If it's on the far hash, just two yards outside the hash still. All right, I'll go versus one high. If we got teams playing one high safety and they've got linebacker really walling hard on the inside guys, we give the quarterback and the receiver the option with the outside guy to break it off and run a comeback instead of just running to go to a deep corner. All right, now it's kind of – it's evolved a little bit to now it's more of just throwing a back door to them, like I'm sure everybody does. But, you know, if you watch – and that's what we kind of tell our quarterbacks, you know, especially on the goal line. If you look at like Aaron Rodgers do it, every time he throws a back door, it's a completion or it's dropped because it's so – it's almost impossible to defend. So we've gotten to where instead of just running a straight comeback, we'll just kind of throw back doors on deep stuff. So we just give them the ball. Um, free access release, we're running up 18, 22 yards, one outside, leave the box for the quarterback. And uh, as far as what we talk about, we say the box, I'm sure a lot of people, they do the same thing, but it's something that we actually, we coach it. We drill it in the receiver's head, we drill in the quarterback's head. From the sideline to five yards in, that's the box. The receivers can't run in there. They've got to leave that for the quarterback. Now, we do we have guys that will just – they beat a guy and run straight to the sideline, just get pinned out of bounds? Absolutely. I mean, we got – but we're constantly harping on it. We get that We get that a lot less than we get the guys that leave the box for the quarterback. And then we – and like I said, when I was talking earlier about our quarterbacks, as far as everything's on the rhythm – Whenever we talk about our deep balls, we even have a place where I want them to throw it. I want the, a big a big nine or deep ball outside, 40 to 42 yards where I want the ball to land. 40 to 42 yards outside the numbers. If we go three steps in the hitch in the gun 
five steps and hitch under center, 40 to 42 yards. About with about 95% of the time, that's where your guy's going to be if you put the right amount of air on it and put it out there. So we kind of drill that whenever, you know, even if it's just me and quarterbacks down there and I've got no receiver, we'll take a net, you know, the drop-in net, we'll move it down there, I'll put it at 40 yards, and we drop back and we throw the ball into it. You know, so we do stuff like that. And that goes back to, you know, whenever I say being able to consistently just drop about 40 to 42 yards, that's when I was talking about earlier about the quarterback's got to be able to spin. You know, you can – have the greatest leader in the world, the toughest guy on the planet, all that stuff. And if he can't throw a ball and consistently just put it at 40, 42 yards, he can't play quarterback, at least not in our system. So, you know, if you get bumped and you're the outside guy, we want an outside release. If you can't, you get outside back outside as quick as you can. We always talk about stacking them. I'm sure everybody does. Once you beat that defender, you stack them, get back on top, because you've got to get back in there and leave that box for the quarterback. All right, inside, quickest release possible. Aiming point is two to four yards outside of the hash, depending on what hash you're on. Have your eyes up at 10 to 12 yards for the scene. The throw, you should catch it 18 to 22 yards. Again, quarterbacks, you know, if we're doing this, we're looking safeties off. If we got one high, we don't like our matchups outside, we're going to work those scenes, just like everybody, again. But you're looking at safety one way or the other. Quick three hitch, and it's an absolute missile through the middle of it. Young guys will want to get up there and they'll have a linebacker wall and they want to try to float it up there to those seams. And it's it takes a little bit longer than, than I thought it would whenever, you know, I guess when I started coaching, like in, I guess, 2008, I just thought quarterbacks, you tell them throw a seam ball, they knew what that meant. So it's harder to get them to throw that missile than, than I ever thought it could be. But, you know, most of our guys will do it. All right. Then running backs got a leak route. That's kind of, we just kind of tell them which way to go. You know, going into it, they've got whichever way they want. But the quarterback, we usually tell them, based on film that week, how the linebackers are matching them, which way they're going to break. Um, again, for the quarterback, we're three and one to everybody except the tailback. If we get to a second hitch, that's when the tailback's going to get the ball. So we want a two hitch whenever we get down to our check down. All right, that's just drawing it up. But again, everybody sees it. Now, too high. This is something I think that we do that's a little bit different than a lot of people. Like, we don't tag a guy to run the beater. So, whenever we call a beater, the inside guys, we call them beaters no matter what. They're reading as they're running. Is there a man on my spot or is he leaving and there's going to be one high safety? So, as he's running his route, he's seeing that. Quarterback's also seeing it. So, if they stay too high, there's still a guy. There's two on the roof, guy on their spot. We run a beater on both sides. So, basically, we run a 10-yard a glance with both receivers. So that's why we talk about our depth and everything has to be at the right place. And our quarterback has to be on time because both of them running in there like that. If he's late, they're going to run into each other. Or if they break their route short, they're going to be, and not necessarily running into each other, but that's bringing more people to the spot where the ball is going to be. So if we're on time, all that we found that it does, it creates another blocker for that receiver who catches the ball or the tight end who catches the ball. You know, whoever's got the ball, it gives them a blocker. So that's something that we do. I, don't, I know there's some people that run beaters on both sides. Some people tag one side or the other. Some people just kind of, they don't really call anything. They call all go and they may run, you know, I know Texas Tech used to do it where they would run all go and if that safety was deep, he would just run a curl right there, just kind of curl up in that soft spot. So there's a bunch of different ways to do it. I just, I like the way that we do it. I feel like it's something that 
adding that guy that's a chance to be an extra blocker and always giving that quarterback an option to go either way, I feel like that's really good. Because there's very few times in our offense where I'm going to tell a quarterback where to throw it. All right, well, that's here we go. They're going to talk about that. But we tell the quarterback, box beater league. This is wrong as I look at it right there. So box beater league is what we tell them. We're always looking for outside because quarterbacks are taught touchdown, big play, check down. That's the way that we go about it. That's the way I drill in their head. If you got a chance to throw a touchdown, you throw that dadgum touchdown. You don't think about it, you throw it. So we're always looking. We're outside first, and then we go to our inside guys. Again, we may walk up and our outside guy, we just may not like the matchup. You know, and that goes into it, you know, a lot of the times too. It's not just – you know, we walk up, he's pressing, we're throwing us the ball. We may walk up, and that could be, you know, Deion Sanders on the other side. We're not just going to throw the ball up just for fun, just to give somebody an opportunity to get a pick on it. You know, our main thing is at the end of the play, we want the ball in our hands. So we want every drive to end with either special teams play or, you know, we never want the ball in other teams' hands. And we've been, you know, the last few years, our quarterbacks, I think this one threw three last year, and, uh, the entire season, I think he threw one the first game, one the first game of district, and then he threw one like the second round of the playoffs. And that's all he threw last year. <clears throat> you know, quarterback the year before, I think he threw six, but he threw 49 touchdowns. Quarterback before him, about the same ratio. You know, so we generally have, we're in the 40-somethings with touchdown passes, and then we're below, wait, we better be as far below 10 as we can be with interceptions. You know, if they're doing their job, their own time, Trusting what their eyes see, they're not going to throw more than five or six interceptions in a season. Um, you know, obviously mistakes happen. There's going to be physical errors, but most of the time, if they're doing what they're supposed to do, the ball's going to be in our hands. Yeah. All right, now this is an all-go. This is just a little bit different with what we did. Um, this team I was talking about with a five-star defensive end, so he's going to get more than one hand on him. But uh, we tagged a smoke screen with it with the Z, so instead of having this T run our check down, he's going to run a seam. So now we basically got to all go right here. Now, based on our protection, we're looking, we're going to be hot if these guys come over here. So the quarterback right now, he knows that. He's already checked his protection. He sees that guy coming. So he could take this and turn into quick game for him, or we just come right there where they vacated everything. Now, he does a really good job. This is third and, I don't know, third and 17, third and 19, something like that. And he comes down instead of trying to force it anywhere. And, again, whenever we tag that T seam on there, all that does is take the place. That's like having a tight end right there running the, running the beater. So all it is, whenever we call it, it's still going to essentially be the same play. It's just a different guy getting to a different place running the ball. That's good by hand. Gets out on time for those before those guys can get to him. Because we're hot right there. You can see it right there. Lyman, he can only take one of those guys, and he should be taking the most dangerous one. Actually, this is that five-star guy. They moved the linebacker for, you know, some of their blitz stuff. But so in his mind, that's the most dangerous guy. I better put a, put a hand or something on that guy so he doesn't kill our quarterback. That's a good job by him. That's a really good play. And you can see the quarterback right there. You can see him walking up, and he's pointing at him. He's letting them know this is going to be our guys right there. So get your eyes up in a hurry. And you can see our running back right here. As he's running that play, his eyes go up. He sees the fact that he's hot. So he's ready for that ball a lot quicker than he normally would have been because he saw what they were doing. It's just all around, just a really good play by all these guys. 
this is this isn't this past season. This season before, just in case you get worried about seeing all those people on the hill back there, we were <laughs> we were very COVID safe. So that's that's two years ago, back before everything shut down, when you can have that many people at a game. Yeah. All right. So this is just you know run something a little bit different again. There will be some basic, just straight all go plays here in a second, but. We're just going to motion that guy over and fake a jet. This is this is a couple of years ago. This is our kid that's at the University of Texas right now. Uh, really good player, obviously. But we knew they kind of did some things, kind of adjusting to him. So that kind of, you know, was something we put in that week to try to drill, have that tight end right there, get the ball. Now, the quarterback, what we had seen them do on film, I just remember this because our tight end's fixing to get smacked. But we ran this knowing that whenever we did that motion, what they normally did was this guy ran out like that and this safety kind of hung back here. So we knew that seam right there was going to be wide open. Well, because that was the way we had described it to or I guess I'll take the heat on this one because this was me telling the quarterback this is what's going to happen. Well, now that safety decides right here, you can see him running that way. Quarterback went full robot mode instead of – because that's why, again, why I never tell this guy who to throw it to. Because when you do, this kind of stuff happens. Now, he catches the ball. It's a big play. But we don't want any of our guys taking hits like that. So, this is one of those deals. You know, don't be a robot right there. That ball should be getting piped right there to him on a missile, and he walks in the end zone. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. But you can see quarterback as far as feet go whenever we tell him, whenever we put a fake on it. So, if you get in there, you ride a fake. And right there, he faked it twice. So, he faked the jet. Then he faked that tailback a little bit, so that changes the way our feet go. So if we get in there and we ride them, we take a long ride on our drop, I mean, on our fake, that's going to take out a hitch. So if we had a three and one, whenever we get a long ride, now it's a one, two, three ball. We take that hitch out. If we got a three and two, obviously we'll be three and one instead of two. With this, we faked it twice, so we just told him, you know, fake it twice, get your feet underneath and get ready to fire that thing. It's going to be wide open. Obviously, we were wrong, but it worked out for us. But again, right here, whenever you don't tell a quarterback what to do, you tell him who to throw it to, you can see his eyes right there. They're just staring at the tight end. And again, that's that's on me. That's on me coaching-wise because I told him where to throw the ball. And that's why, you know, there's times whenever you get man-to-man and you got a dude that's just better and he's out there and you know you got it, we may tell him, hey, throw it to him. That's the guy that you're going to want on the deep ball right there. You know, stuff like that is different. Whenever it comes to things they got to read, I'm against telling them who to throw it to because that kind of stuff happens. And this is one of those times where we told him where to throw it. That's You get a kid smacked like that. So, all right. Now, this is just, again, we got it. We're three by one. So, you'll see if you look up there, you may see hash being called right there. So all a hash is, is that guy's working himself over here. So they're basically essentially ending up in the same place that we had all go. Only he's coming from that side, so he's got to get to that other side. Now he's going to look over his inside shoulder, so he's not going to come over here and then try to push it that way and look uh, and look back inside over his left shoulder. When I say inside shoulder, I mean his right shoulder coming from that side. So he's going to give, his, give the quarterback his eyes as he's heading this way. All right, so right here we just called a little switch play. So all we do whenever we switch, we're talking to these outside receivers. You see we tagged tight end still running the hash. He's still got his go. 
So now he's going to be the outside guy. He's going to be in here and be our beater guy right there. I'm sure everybody, again, everybody runs a version of this play too. You can see our inside receiver, he kind of comes off, you know, just kind of walking. He's letting that guy clear and then he's going. We want, what we wanted to do was make sure we got an opportunity to throw that outside back that week. So whenever he gets going, again, we're looking at now, if we just ran a straight all go, this is going to be his read. Cornerbacks are playing deep like that, so he's looking at that safety. And we go, whenever we're in trips, it's going to be one to two, three right there. So we're going to go hash to your beater to your leap whenever we're going on a three-by-one all-go play. Now, we obviously, we do a switch thing. we got things we're looking for. I can go ahead and tell you right now, looking at the quarterback, I don't like that ball being that low. Willing to bet that was – I can't remember that far back, but I'm going to jump out of limb and say that was definitely addressed on that Monday, maybe even right there on the uh, right there on the sideline when he got over here. Great ball. Don't ever have that ball down there by your waist again. So you can see right there. Now, we call it – now, obviously, a hitch is one, two, three hitch right there. Once he starts moving like that, now we're moving the pocket. So I don't count those as hitches whenever we're talking about it. Yeah. We just call that is we're just pushing the pocket right there, just trying to move. You can see right there as he's sliding, he's right foot first, like we talk about whenever we're doing our drills, because we want to be right now, that right foot's in the ground, he can step and throw if he needs to. Or if he's got to move again, it's the same thing. So we always want that right foot in the ground first. That way, you know, because DBs, they, they adjust quickly. They got guys, you know, especially depending on who you're playing against. They can get you in a bind if you hold that ball too daggum long. So, but just right here, so as a quarterback, if we didn't have that switch play and we were just running it right now, he's popping that ball right there through that tight end. So just so so we know, under, I just want everybody to understand where the, our reads are going. That ball should be going right there to that tight end. If we didn't have the switch play where we've talked to him all week, we're going to work that switch out there outside in. That's a good job by him. Really good job by that receiver going and getting it. You know, especially you can see everybody with their umbrellas. I mean, we're playing the rain and still throw the ball and make that kind of a catch. I mean, the throw's good, but the catch to me is much more impressive having to reach out like that in this kind of weather. But anyway, okay, now just at a trip. So we got an angle right there. Angle is the exact same thing as a hash, only now we've moved him out. It's a receiver doing. So he's going to end up out there, and this guy's running his route over here. Again, we got our goes right there. Depending on the situation, what we talked about, what kind of coverages they run, what kind of corners they have right now in his mind, he ought to be thinking, I really like this right there. We may not like that matchup, so that may take him off of it. Now, with our quarterbacks, and again, we have been, we have been extremely blessed with the, the talent level we've had as far as arm talent goes. We have we will never tell a quarterback not to throw that thing right there. So right there, balls on the 40-yard line. Basically, we're telling him throw that thing in the end zone, let him go get it. You know, we can throw it out there. We've had we've had quarterbacks that by the time they're the starter on a Friday night, they can all they can make that throw. Yeah. They can throw a wide side comeback. They can make all those throws. Like I said, we have been extremely blessed with the arm talent kids that we've had and how hard they work. You know, we've we haven't had any that couldn't do it right now. So far, you know, at least since I've been, I know before I got there, obviously they, you know, there's four championships before I got here and four since I've been here. So they've, 
it's not something new as far as quarterbacks go. But right here, so you see the quarterback letting them know, look, I'm hot if these guys come. If only one of them comes, we're good. He didn't like the matchup. So if we don't like that matchup, and again, I can't remember exactly the reason why, but if we don't like it, now we're working in here on these guys. So we're going angle to our beater with that guy, depending on what they give us. Right now, we're never going to pass up an open guy. It's kind of like telling people whenever kids run a naked and the first time they throw a naked, they throw that drag back across and it's a huge play. Then they start skipping over that flat. We tell them, you better not. You got a guy, your first read's open, give him the daggone ball. Sometimes it's a lot meaner than that whenever we say it, but you know what I mean. Right there, we can see quarterback. Just look up. He's totally taking care of his protection stuff. Letting them know, letting the receiver know he's hot if they both come. One comes, back picks him up. Right there, you can see his eyes right here when he gets the ball, where his eyes are. He's peeking at his hots to make sure, because where that guy lined up, he could have come. So he's making sure that guy's not coming. Now he's going to get back over into his read. <clears throat> and as you see right there, if you're – you don't have to be very good <laughs> to be able to see that's a whole lot of open grass right there. So you know your guy coming across, he's fixing the bus wide open as long as he can beat that guy. And we tell our quarterbacks, if you've got – we trust our receiver. Every receiver that we have is going to be the safe. That's just what we tell them. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's not. But anytime we tell them anything, our receivers are going to be the safety. So you're not worried about that safety. You're going to read him to make sure where you're going with the football, but you're not worried about him as far as covering our guys. That's not true a lot of times. Obviously, there's really good safeties out there that can lock down your receivers. But that's what we tell him. We're going to get in there, and if we've got a man-to-man -man with a safety, we're going to take that shot every time. So right here, it just kind of works out for us. Now you see his feet, one, two, three, hitch. And now we talk about a hitch, you get some guys and it's something you got to work on with young guys too. When that hitch comes up, they take that, they almost push the pocket. They try to jump way too far forward. Yeah. So we tell them to kind of stay right there, set up in that pocket. Your hitch is up and down, get the ball out of your hand. Yeah, so this, I'll, I'll end it with this one right here. So this is just another one. Um, we walked up, and again, it's one of the times we look at matchups. We like our matchup right here. So for a quarterback, the only guy who can help with this corner right there being walked down is this guy right here. So you'll see his eyes on this snap right there. He knows that. We talk about you got to keep the safety out. You got to keep linebackers, whoever it is that day, whoever it is on that specific play. So right here, you can see him. His eyes going straight to that right side of the field. And all that is purely for this benefit right here. He knows this is where he's going with the ball is down here to this X. So that's why whenever we talk about that hitch, how important it is. So you can see him right there. If he doesn't hitch on this one, in order to throw that thing, he's going to have to swing everything. He'll never get back his hips in position to be able to throw that ball and be accurate. We don't want to throw anything blind either. So you can see as he's starting to hitch right there, his eyes are back on there. He's finding that receiver. This guy's done. That's the way we look at it. That safety right here, he is done. There's no way he can help on that nine outside. So, so right there, he's got him. So now we just get set up and we make a nice ball for a touchdown. And that is it. We never got any beaters or anything like that, so I apologize. We didn't get to see anything going on that on the inside guy, but 
you know, sometimes I get a little long-winded when I'm talking about this stuff. You're so good, Coach. Now, now, kind of as, as we wrap up here, and, like, I, I think the main thing I wrote down for this is, is, is the importance of quarterback eyes. Yeah. Um, and, obviously, you talked intensively about footwork there as well. Um, is there any – I mean, how long were this? For coaches looking to add any of this, what, um, what, what recommendations or suggestions would you give them? You know, I think it's more than anything, it is it is making sure that the alignment is correct for your receivers. All right. So starting off with that, you've got to start off with those receivers getting their alignment right and then getting them to trust what they see. And as far as a quarterback goes, again, eyes and feet. That's the main thing with it. You've got to get those guys, you know, like going back to spacing. You got to get them where they're looking, understanding what the alley is whenever you say or whatever you call it. You may just call it there's a flat defender over you know, however your terminology is, you've got to make sure that those guys understand exactly what you're talking about. That way, whenever you're communicating with them, you don't just get that old, you know, they just nod, but they have no idea what you're saying. You know what I mean? So <laughs> anything, because you'll get that. I mean, you know yeah. that. You're a coach. I mean, you get those guys that they'll not, they'll, yes, sir. Yeah, we. I'll get yes, sir, to death sometimes. And I'm like, okay, explain it to me. And they'll look at me again like, yes, sir, because I don't know what you're talking about. You know, so you've got to make sure that they're on the same page as you. And then you get them, you know, you try to implement stuff like that. Well, I say all that stuff. Your coaches have to be on the same page. with it. You know, the, the quarterback coach, the receiver coach, whoever, you know, coordinator, all that stuff. You've got to be on the same page as far as letting those guys know because the same voice has to be said. Because whenever you're adding a concept, in my opinion, the voice has to be exactly the same. Everybody's got a different coaching style. Everybody does different things. But the voice as far as with a play has got to be the same. And you've got to be as confident in it as you expect your quarterback to be whenever he's telling the other guys. And then it's just all about footwork and eyes for the quarterback. Man, I mean, they've got to be in the right place. They've got to understand coverages. You know, and that's the good thing about those plays that we talked about today. We didn't get to play action stuff because, again, I got long-winded, but all those plays, it doesn't matter. There's an answer for everything. Any coverage that you see, there's an answer. They they go press man, you've got somebody that can win somewhere. You get cover two, you've got the inside middle of the field that can win. You've got all that quick game stuff. Again, the only way they can kill your quick game is if they walk down and press you and nobody's better than anybody. And then you then you're in trouble. You know, and then you're probably not going to win anyway. So there's not a whole lot of concepts on the in the world that can help you. But there's always something that can win right there. So, you know, I feel like I just went long-winded again on you. <laughs> but yeah, I would start as far as if you're implementing any of that stuff, it's got to start with your alignment with your receivers and your eyes and feet with your quarterback. And then you just go and you inject confidence in them and that play is going to work so we can do it. Now, I, I don't know if I've asked you, do you have a Twitter? I don't. My social media footprint is negative zero. I have got none. Do you want me to put your email in the bio then? Yeah, you can do that. That's fine. All right. I just want to make sure. That's fine. No, that's, everybody's got their opinion on how they – that's fine. I'm not Look, just... My whole thing is I know how important it is. I mean, we've got, we've got a school Twitter. We've got an athletics Twitter. We've got a football Twitter. And we've got one guy who runs all of it. And his social media footprint is huge on everything and his personal stuff. Plus with that, I'll be honest with you, kind of like me asking you to make sure I knew how to share stuff on this Zoom meeting. 
I don't know. I am technologically challenged. I can promise you. Fine. That's fine. Hey, I've had several who don't have Twitter or don't use it at all. And I'm like, you do you. I'm just trying if you need, if you, like, so people can get a hold of you. So, yeah, right. Um, coaches, uh, coaches' contact information will be in the bio. Make sure you reach out to him if you have more questions. You want to get a hold of him. By the time this comes out, it'll probably be close to season. Um, so make sure uh, you might you might not get a response till after the season or so forth. So, um, <laughs> well, and that's another thing. All this stuff like that presentation, even the the play action stuff, I didn't get to. If somebody wants it, I got no problem. I'll email it. To them. I mean, I'll I'll share it with them. I got no problem with that. Yeah. And then coaches, obviously, uh, check out the sponsors affiliates below. Like, share, subscribe is normal. Um, so people can get a hold of that. Uh, thank you. Now's another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast.